You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the newest Disney movie, Encanto. And um, for most of it, we tried to be spoiler-free. I don't want to say most. For the first bit, we tried to be spoiler-free, but then I just kind of let loose. (laughs) Um, So this is a spoiler-heavy episode, actually. And um, I want to warn you guys of that going in. Encanto is a really nice-looking movie. It's a Disney movie. Uh, If you are interested in seeing it, go ahead and do that. Uh, I definitely encourage you to. And then come back as soon as you're done, and we'll still be right here. In the meantime, here's going to be some music from Encanto. Um, I think I'm going to play We Don't Talk About Bruno for you guys. Just a little bit of it. This is a song written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, We Don't Talk About Bruno from Encanto. She needs to know, baby. She needs to know. We don't talk about Bruno. He would say something terrible. And then, cara, boom, it would happen. We don't talk about Bruno. What if you didn't understand what he saw? Then you better figure it out because it was coming for you. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. But it was my wedding day. It was our wedding day. We were getting ready and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. No clouds allowed in the sky. Bruno walks in. Sorry, me be that go on. Bruno says it looks like rain. Why did he tell us? In doing so, he floods my brain. I'm more like a sea umbrella. Married in a hurricane. What a joy you stay, but anyway, we, we don't, don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre recorded show where sometimes we talk about animation but really only when it's Disney. And um, we're going to do that again today. Pierre, uh, you want to tell us, just real quick, we'll actually get into a summary later, but you just want to tell the, tell the people what we're talking about. Talking about Encanto, Disney's latest animated feature to release. I guess they release one every, is it every year or every two years? It's about, it's about every year. I think okay. this is their second one this year, though. Oh, well, what was the other one? Well, because the other one was Raya and the Last Dragon, which oh, I still yeah. haven't seen. But I forgot I've about heard, that. <laughs> I've heard a lot of things about it, both good and bad, mm. I'll say. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think at the Oscars this year, it's it's not a strong year for animation. Like, there are strong animated movies that have come out, but, like, very few high-profile ones. And the Oscars do not care about animation. So I think that for an animated feature, we're looking at, uh, for the animated feature Oscar, I think we're looking at Flea, um, which is a documentary from Denmark that's really, really good. That one's probably the most likely to win. And Kanto, behind that, is probably the second most likely to win. Then we got Luca from Pixar. That's probably the third most likely to win. And then if it's eligible, I would say we might get uh, Bell might be there, which is a Jap- it's an anime movie from um, the guy who directed The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, which I don't know if you've seen, but it's very good. Um, and then the fifth one is a wild card, which is probably going to be some garbage. Actually, you know what? That could be Ryan the Last Dragon. I think that's our five animated movies for the Animated Features Oscar. Mm. And uh, going to be honest, not crazy about any of them. 
I'm not going to say that there, there are some really good ones in there. We'll, we'll like, I'm not going to say that uh, any of those are bad. It's just, you know, last year was an incredible year for animation. This year is okay. So, so yeah, it's, um, I mean, I don't know how you felt about Disney animation, but I feel like it, it has been seeing like a, a steady decline. Well, same thing with Pixar. Like I, I think Pixar's consistency, I mean, obviously of late hasn't been, as top tier as it used to be, but I feel like they are, they're at least have those moments where they do really put something out there. That's very different. Like soul soul was an, another example of despite Pixar kind of being so, so sometimes they really knocked it out of the park and, and not just like a good way, but it was just, it was a very risky movie. I feel like too, especially for like a kid's animated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, shows like Pixar still has it in some ways. Whereas Disney, I feel like I, I haven't really been wowed. I don't think I've actually ever been wowed by Disney animation themselves. Um, except for maybe Frozen, if I'm going to be honest. Like the first Frozen. Um, like when we're talking Disney animation, you specifically mean the 3D ones, right? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. After like what, post 2011? When About Pixar that. merged with Disney? I think um, for me, the the Disney 3D animated ones I like are uh, Wreck It Ralph is like an all time high for me. Mm. Then after I that, it would be that. Tangled, and then Moana, and like those are the ones that I think are like really good. And mm. then Frozen is okay. I I don't dislike Frozen. I just don't think it's like anywhere near as good as something like Tangled. Uh, Okay, yeah, I will say I saw Tangled recently. That one is pretty good. Wreck-It Ralph, actually, I would say maybe is better than uh, Frozen. The first Wreck-It Ralph, to be clear. For for me, like, I would put Wreck-It Ralph in probably my top ten Disney movies. And, like, when I say Disney movies, I'm only counting Disney animated movies, but that's counting all of their 2D and all of their 3D ones. Which, of which think, there is many. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, I think Wreck-It Ralph is, for me, the only 3D one that would make that top 10 list. Mm, yeah, and, yeah, as of late, I, I don't I don't really know what they've... Like, Zootopia was a really big movie, but I, I feel like it was much more of a world-building movie than, like, a, a movie, like, that was really solid, if that makes sense. Um, um, for those of, for, for people that, uh, listen to our kicking it with Kendrick show as well, I think this episode will come out before the, the next kicking it with Kendrick episode that I'm about to talk about here. But I actually talk about my problems with Zootopia on our trolls episode. Cause like, I think it's a world building movie where the world building is fascinating, but has some holes. And I think that the movie aspect really uh helps obscure those world building plot holes yeah exactly um so it's hard for me to like be like utopia was amazing well i I would say it was it was ambitious it's ambitious and it is good i really enjoyed it i just don't think it's like i mean it's not perfect yeah which you know very few movies are um and then the back-to-back of ralph breaks the internet and frozen 2 really i think salted my or i guess i don't know because these are two I, I guess these i just said these are two of my favorite recent animated movies from disney and then the sequels were just extremely lackluster and felt really forced um so yeah wreck it ralph uh, i remember i mean not to call out my sister here but i remember for a while like wreck it ralph is one of my sister's favorite movies 
And, uh, you know, because of that, that, that certainly colored my impression of Wreck-It Ralph. Like, I already loved it, but, like, my sister super loves it. So I like it a lot more because of that. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Wreck-It Ralph 2, like, that movie made me angry of how bad it was. <laughs> I hated that so much. Oh, boy. Um, we reviewed that, right? Did we get the we chance did, to review We did that? not. We oh. missed that one. Oh, damn, we did okay. talk about Frozen 2, though. Yeah. Which, which also... <laughs> uh, that episode is currently not available, but should be on Spotify in February. Eventually, it's coming. It'll it'll be up there. Um, so yeah, after that, I, I haven't been having much faith in Disney. Uh, I guess this this is the return of Lin Manuel Miranda being involved. Last time was which, Moana, which, which you like, really liked. Does that really mean? Is, is that really a return? Because this is just, isn't this the second one back to back? Oh no, it isn't. Because Raya is in between. So yeah, I guess it is the return. Well, Raya, Ralph breaks the internet, and oh yeah, yeah, Frozen two, I guess. Yeah. Um. So it's been about four years. No, five years now, I guess. Um, oh gosh, it has. And uh, yeah, so he's back. Uh, they they put him a lot in the advertising, obviously. And um, I guess like you you probably know this, Pierre, but this is like. This is like the fourth Lin-Manuel Miranda movie this year, if you just count the Lin- the things he's been involved in. Because, like, early in the year we had In the Heights, um, which is an adaptation of Lin-Manuel Miranda's first Broadway musical. That happened in, in the summer. Then we had Vivo, which is a Sony animated movie where Lin-Manuel Miranda plays a monkey. And then we had... Uh, our, Oh, he's he's not a monkey. He's he is a primate. He's like some kind of Cuban primate, but I don't yeah. remember what exactly he is. Anyway, um, then we had Tick Tick Boom, which was really really good. Uh, that was his first direct. That was the first movie he ever directed, and that just came out on Netflix a couple of days ago, I think. And now there's this Encanto, where he wrote all of the. I believe he wrote all of the original songs. I don't mm-hmm. think he he didn't compose the score. But he wrote the original songs, and what I was shocked to see is he did not appear, because like Lin Manuel Miranda just keeps popping up. So I was like, one of these characters is gonna unmistakably be Lin Manuel Miranda, and I'm gonna recognize that voice. And like, nope, he wasn't there. He just wasn't in the cast, which I was a little shocked by. Yeah, I especially for an animated movie, he probably could have popped in for like a day or two and. Well, I mean, like every one of the uh, every one of the movies that I mentioned that Lin Manuel Miranda was in, the only one that he's like a big role in is Vivo. Mm. But in all, but in the other two, like he's basically a cameo, but he's there. Yeah, you see him. Wait, who is he in uh, Moana? Do you have a role in Moana either? I don't think he had one. He oh, okay. may have been in Moana, but I'm not sure. He does That's actually do a lot of uh, aside from just Moana and. Um, and Kanto, he does actually do a lot of composing for Disney. Yeah. Like, he's been very involved with Star Wars. Uh, I think he... Yeah, I don't know how I well, feel I mean, about ha- that. <laughs> Hamilton was on Disney+. Plus. It was. I think he's been... He's done something in Marvel, but I'm actually not 100% sure. You know, now that I think about it, maybe he's not very involved in a lot of Disney stuff, but he has... He's like... He is to some degree Disney's little golden boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they which, do like him. Which, like, that sounds derogatory. I actually do really like Lin Manuel Miranda, but we are we are getting a little bit of a Lin Manuel Miranda oversaturation. Yeah, that that might explain some of my uh, <laughs> problems with 
the movie. But yeah, what's uh, I guess what's Encanto about, Jeff? Truly about. Okay, so this movie is the X Men. Um, there's uh, a house. So like, there's this family. It's an extended family in Colombia, and they um, they all live in one house, and that house is magical, and that house also gives them magical powers. But one of the people in the house, uh, Mirabelle, and her name is what is her name? Mirabelle. Do you remember the last name? Uh, Madrigal. Mirabelle Madrigal. Madrigal. They're all Madrigal. She, uh, yeah, they're all Madrigals. So, like, uh, she did not get a power when it was time for her to, when it was time for her bar mitzvah. Um, <laughs> and uh, because of that, her grandma hates her a lot and just doesn't let her participate in family things and thinks that she's a drain on the family. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like her grandma really doesn't like her. And that's the main conflict of this movie is Mirabelle and grandma or Mirabelle and Abuela do not get along. But then um, the, the candle that gives the house its powers and gives everyone else its powers starts to go out. And she's the only person that can figure out why. And uh, singing ensues. And singing ensues. Yeah, lots of this was a I, I don't know the, the, a lot of a lot more singing than I expected. I I, I think like I think there was like it because sometimes in in musical movies I find there'll be like huge chunks of the movies where they like a lot of the songs are front ended and then like it kind of uh, what it kind of they kind of stop the music for a while to focus on plot, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess to compare it with Moana, like Moana had the Moana had a lot of songs, but those songs were spaced out to the point where I would actually, it would not be my first instinct to call Moana a musical, Mm -hmm. but with Encanto, like it's clearly a musical. Yeah. They, they stopped singing for literally minutes at a time before they would go to the next song. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so much more musically, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it reminded me a lot more of how maybe Lin Manuel Miranda's used to writing because he's from Broadway, right? And that's how Broadway Broadway yeah. musicals are much more musical reliant. I think. Yeah, this wasn't this wasn't sung through like Hamilton, but I would say this is like probably fairly close in. I don't want to say story structure. Well, maybe story structure to something like In the Heights, where which also came out this year which is like you know they'll they'll stop to sing they'll they'll sing and then they'll stop briefly to get to the next scene where they're singing yeah um and i i, I feel like i can i can definitely kind of tell this was the lin manuel miranda had his hands in it i guess it felt i mean after watching hamilton i feel like i kind of recognize the style though i might just be like talking out of my ass but no um, i I definitely agree. Like in Moana, I would not have, I, I guess when I saw Moana, I hadn't seen Hamilton yet. So like, I probably wouldn't have recognized his style anyway. Mm -hmm. But when I think back on Moana, the stuff that I remember from Moana is not in that same style Mm -hmm. where this was very, it was as close to Hamilton as you can get without actually being Hamilton, I think. Yeah, like, it's a, a lot of the singing is much more like it takes on like almost like a dialogue in that sense. Yeah. Like whereas like in Moana, I think there was more of a mixture. 
Um, well, oh, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was just going to end. Also, like, the kind of... I don't know if they call it... If that's his style, but, like, the... Like, the, the song You're Welcome from Moana was a lot more similar to a lot of the songs in this, where it's just, like, a lot of saying... Like, it's not... Because I don't want to say it's, like, rapping, but I want to say it's, it's just, like, saying a lot, a lot of things quickly um to like because uh, a lot of it was like almost expositional in a way yeah. so a lot of the singing was or a lot of the the songs were meant more to get scenes out of the way if that makes sense which made this the songs had to be much more dialogue driven which made it mm-hmm. sound more like a rap if that makes sense yeah well i mean like hamilton is a hip-hop musical yeah and like um, if you think back on Into the Woods, those a lot of those songs, well, Into the Woods is also sung through, and it's very expositional as well, but it's expositional in a different way, where, like, the songs in this, when they were expositional, were a lot closer to the way Hamilton is expositional than, like, Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I, I noticed that a lot, and I think that kind of, honestly, I don't really like it that much. I think it hurts... It hurt the the musical aspects of the movie for me. Um, I think Moana, I didn't like the plot of Moana that much, but I thought a lot of the songs, like, I think all of the songs in that are beautiful. Um, and I would, they would be in my head for days, right? Whereas this, none, nothing really stuck out to me, except for maybe there's a song that's really well done that's exposition about a character named Bruno that, like, oh, that's you my don't favorite know song. about. Yeah, like it's called. I don't. I think it's called. We don't talk about Bruno or something like that. Yeah, that one was really cool, and I think they, um, I don't know, added a lot of. It, that was just fun. Like it, it, it was like there were layers to that, if that makes sense. Um, but everything mainly, else, yeah. I, there was nothing else really stood out to me. Yeah, I mainly recommend, or I may mainly like remember three songs from this and mm-hmm. one of them is the one that's entirely in spanish which is very good i just don't i mean i remember it because like um it was entirely in spanish so i cannot understand it so to me it was like um it was sort of like explaining an entire backstory just through pictures yeah. and i'm sure that if you know spanish it probably um explain it was probably a lot more expositional than i'm giving it credit for <laughs> yeah but like uh, that was a really cool scene. I thought that was nice. I didn't think it was like too too special. I just thought that it was a nice um, break from the other type of exposition that this movie has a lot of. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno. I really liked, and I remember the first song because it was sensory overload for me. Like I don't even remember. I I remember in the theater. I mean, obviously, I don't remember all the lyrics, but I remember in the theater. I was sitting there and I was like, I cannot understand anything that's happening because she is talking too fast and there are too many people talking and I don't know what's going on. And there's a lot of colors. Yeah, that was, I mean, I guess that was the, the point of the first scene is to kind of mirror Mirabelle. Is that wait, yeah. Mirabelle's, uh, I guess, thought process there and the way her, mm-hmm. she's reacting to being under pressure. Um, but it still wasn't, I guess a it great is. way to start the movie, if that makes sense. Like, it, I think it kind of, because th- like the the I think the point of that song was to be annoying in a way, and yeah. like, but that's like kind of a tough feeling to have when you're just starting a movie and you're like, oh, I like you're just trying getting to know it, right? It was very good at characterizing Mirabelle specifically. Mm-hmm. The problem was that the words of that song, just the lyrics, 
are an introduction to every single character. And like, after that song was done, I still kind of had to learn who all the characters were <laughs> yeah. because I could not keep up. It felt like that. I first for a bit there, it felt like there were like twenty family members we had to know. And the actuality is like eight, I think total, uh, maybe ten. But it, it felt like a lot of work, and you don't really get any payoff because you don't know any more about Mirabelle, and you don't know any more about the rest of the family because there was just so much that they they put out there really quickly that you're just kind of confused. No, I, I just saw this movie. Like, I walked out of the theater about an hour ago, and I still don't know as much as I would... I still know, don't know anything about Mirabelle's father. Mm-hmm. I know painfully little about Abuela, and, like, I don't know anything about Mirabelle's uncle either. Mm-hmm. And, like, those are three characters I would th- that were okay. there a lot. Yeah. And But, like, I don't know anything about them because there's the only time that they're actually explained is very early on in the song I could not keep up with. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. And I, I I guess I like the concept and like the idea behind the song. It just doesn't really work. I think it's a, it's a, it's a tough sell as the first song of the movie. Yeah. If it was the second or third song, then I think it would have worked a little better. Mm -hmm. We just needed one song that, Expl- we needed a song before it or an intro to it or something mm-hmm. that explains the world or is even just a nice little introduction song. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a lot of, I don't know if you've seen this Pierre, but it reminds me a lot of the movie Dear Evan Hansen, uh, which if you haven't seen that movie, that is not a flattering comparison. <laughs> um, I have not. But like the, uh, in, in the, in the play Dear Evan Hansen, the first thing, the first song is called Anybody Have a, uh, Does Anybody Have a Map, I think is what it's called. And it's Evan Hansen and it's Evan Hansen's mother singing as well as the other main character's mother singing. So it's the two moms singing and just singing about how hard it is to be a mom and that they don't really know what they're doing, but they're trying. And like, it's not Con, like in terms of content, there's very little there because it's just them complaining about you know how difficult it is to do their jobs, but they're still trying. However, what that song does is it introduces the fact that this is a that this is a movie uh, that this is a play not necessarily just about Evan Hansen, but about the whole families. It introduces these two characters' thought processes and that they are going to be important. And like it starts with. And, and more than that, it's just a pleasant song to listen to. So then when the real intro comes afterwards, which is Evan Hansen's first number, uh, Waving Through a Window, like, we already are in the world. We have some context. We know who Evan is, even though, like, we haven't learned much about him yet. And then when he sings Waving Through a Window, it's like, oh, okay. So now we know the world. Now we've, now we've had our intro song that's really nice to listen to and gets us into the, into the mood for a musical. And we've had our big intro song that introduces our main character. Mm. And like Encanto could have benefited from a small song with maybe, maybe Abuela could have sung a very quick song because like at the very beginning, they do actually introduce Mirabelle and, Abu- and Abuela in like the past. And Abuela maybe could have su- sung, sung about her past. I don't think she did. I don't remember. I don't remember if that was a song or not. 
Yeah, she does briefly explain it, but yeah. like if we had Abuela sing a song to Mirabelle at the beginning, would have been perfect. Could have been interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, what, what did you think of the characters? I guess, um, because I, I, I guess that's the main focus. It's a very character. It's a family-based movie <laughs> once more. So you know, <laughs> do you think they got that right? <laughs> I think on Spotify, I just should stop labeling these season three, episode, whatever. I should just be like the family season, family episode, season, whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so this is a movie about family. Uh, as far as the characters go, I liked them. I actually liked most of them. I thought that some of them were, some of them didn't get a lot of screen time. But I thought that in terms of character, all of the, all of the side characters were really well done. I think Mirabelle was mostly okay, and Abuela could have used some work. Abuela felt like a mean person for no reason. She just felt like a bad guy most of the time, which I don't know exactly how you could have fixed that, but I felt like she was a little underbaked. But everyone else, but like, I liked all the side characters, except for the ones that, like I said, when I got out of the theater, I didn't even remember who they were. Yeah, there was... Um... I guess for a, a movie that, that was so much about the family and, like, I guess was trying to balance a lot of character arcs, I, I feel like the it, it just felt too... It, was, it wasn't, like, three-dimensional enough for me to really... Like, we didn't get enough time with each of the characters to relate to any of them, but then we still, like, had to be involved in the character arcs, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. um, it definitely mostly felt like a... Mirabelle slash maybe Bruno and Abuela movie. Like those are the three main characters from what I can tell, right? Yeah. But we don't actually spend much time with those three characters interacting, if that makes sense. I mean, Br- Bruno is like, um, I guess. Wait, he gets like a third of the movie, so. Yeah, so I don't know. But like a lot of the other characters that they want us to focus on don't really get much. And their character arcs, so their character arcs are rushed. And because they are rushed, it doesn't feel earned. And the movie itself feels, like, too quick, if that makes sense. So, like, I really liked her sisters, Isabella and Louisa, who Mm. have character arcs. But as you said, well, I think it's especially um, egregious with with Louisa. Louisa's character is rushed. And I think that's a shame. But, like, I liked her song. Mm -hmm. And Isabella, I think, has a good character arc. I think it could have had more time, but I think it's one that like didn't necessarily need it. Mm. Um, her cousin, whose name I can't remember, but the one that her power is that she can hear really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she barely had a character arc. It's a shame because like she was she was charismatic as well as much as like a cartoon character. Well, no, not a, a cartoon character can be charismatic, and she was charismatic. She just didn't have anything to do. Yeah, and she. I I know that that character arc was interesting because it was basically star-crossed lovers, except that, you know, we got three minutes with her throughout the whole movie. Yeah. More than that, and but her, barely. I feel like her arc is just shoved in kind of at the end. They're it like, totally oh, remember, remember this girl with that can hear things? Yeah, she she progresses the character, too. She's happy now. Yeah. Um, also, like, yeah, the shapeshifter one, I was, as a character, I thought it was actually really fun, but we didn't get any time with. I um, barely knew what he looked like until near the end. Yeah, exactly. Because, right? 
the first 20 minutes of it, they show him to you, like they show you him uh, one time unshapeshifted. Mm-hmm. And then like, they don't show him again until probably halfway through the movie unshapeshifted. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, who is this person? Yeah, and I, it's unfortunate. I think he was definitely one of the more charismatic characters. Um mm-hmm. Could have been more, like a more interesting one to deal with because like the the two sisters we get character arcs with are just very stereotypical character arcs. Like, well, one of them is strong, but she's taking on too much, and the yes, other one is the golden child, but like she doesn't want to be. She doesn't. She feels like she's trapped in that role. I think they're executed well, but those aren't exactly interesting character arcs by default. Like, yeah. we've seen. Them I mean, a lot. I, exactly. So, yeah, so it might have been interesting to focus on other members. Um, and then, yeah, Abuela's character just is just really mean until the very, until the climax, basically. And then for some reason, she feels better again. At the um, end, she's like, hey, I didn't actually hate you, Mirabelle. You're okay. Yeah. And then they, they <laughs> hug, and then they go back home, and they yeah. rebuild their house. Yeah. And, and then once they've rebuilt their house with the power of human strength, uh, then it becomes magic again and they get all of their stuff back. Yeah, it's a little... I'm so sorry for spoiling that just out of you nowhere. You kind of did. Maybe <laughs> we can edit in a spoiler warning earlier. But uh, yeah, that's, that is that is the movie. And it's it's just, it feels so, it, it just feels really safe. Like the, no one really loses anything in the family. Like there's mm-hmm. no consequences for what happens. Uh, everyone becomes happier. Mirabelle, I guess she doesn't get. A, I was really, I was really scared they'd end up giving her a power in the end. I think that would have really. Well, that's kind of what I. How like, like the, I guess the the clichedness of the movie. I don't know. I kind of thought like, like when I started the movie, I was like, oh, well, she probably has a power, but like her power revealed itself later. So she doesn't even know it yet or something. I don't know. Like the, the, the climax of the movie, the way that she saves her family is by revealing her actual power or something. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I figured it was going to be. And like the way that it was, I actually don't think that's less interesting than what we got. I don't think that what we got is interesting though, is the thing. Like, I don't think that we got a worse version of that. I just think that both of those solutions are bad. Yeah, there was, well, it's just like, there, it didn't feel like there was really a climax in the movie yeah. at all. It just, there there was the end of the second act where the house uh, is destroyed and the family is like broken apart, or at least Mirabelle like runs away. But like, it never, it never, even then, it never felt like the family was, was ruined. It's just like the house is destroyed, but like they were still hanging out and like looking for Mirabelle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the, the climax, quote unquote, is, is just, her talking to Abuela and Abuela just is already, but there's no conflict because Abuela is already really nice to her. And she's basically like, I'm sorry, you were right. I fucked up. And that's it. Yeah. It's just really convenient. Yeah. And Maribel doesn't really have to confront anything about herself. Like, I think it might've been cool if they pulled maybe like a monsters university where it's just like, um, it, it, it becomes a lot more realistic where it's like, uh, Mirabelle, there's no reason for you having no powers. If that makes sense, you just sometimes you're not lucky. I don't know, which could have been cool. Um, because I think one an interesting aspect of the character was that she feels the need to fix her family. 
because she has no other way to uh, to belong to it. Exactly. Yeah. So she feels like she has to have a purpose or a use. Um, so it might have been cool if maybe we kind of realized the whole time that she was she was she was trying too much to be like her family and she wasn't like being herself if that makes sense mm-hmm. um but yeah and, and in the end her, her power is basically she has the power to bring her family together which is the theme which is cute but it's just like it doesn't it was it's still not very interesting to me i don't know because yeah. you could tell from the start that's that's what they were going for mm-hmm. um but yeah so it, it's just like i don't know i don't i don't mind this movie it's just like there's no surprises there's no kind of interesting twists it's just pretty straightforward yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't think this movie is bad. I mean, I didn't like it very much, but I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it's that good of a movie because, like you said, it's not super interesting. Uh, it's very cliche. It's like there's just very little specific to praise here other than that it is a very pretty looking movie and mm-hmm. some of the stuff is well executed. But yeah. it's not like it's not horrible. There's nothing like specific. There's not that much to criticize in terms of wow, this was actually bad. Yeah, I definitely say um, visually, honestly, this. It, I feel like this movie does take it up a notch in terms of because I, I feel like I've it's bothered me before. I think in these three D musicals, I find a hard time getting the the music the music scenes themselves to be very abstract and artsy. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time they because it the three D animate animations make it feel more grounded that they have they can't really play around with the format. Um, this movie really kind of seamlessly dove you into like more artsy uh, uh, musical element or musical what were they called musical segments that uh, were yeah. reminded me a lot of how Disney would play a lot play around with it in their two D animated movies like in Aladdin and uh, Beauty and the Beast. Like you have some beautiful abstract musical segments and this kind of moved towards that direction which i really liked whereas in moana a lot of the music was very just grounded in that environment Um, yeah yeah. i think this was maybe too much in the other direction though because like um when you're saying more abstract stuff the first thing i think about is when they're singing and playing out scenes on pottery in hercules that's awesome but in this one we had like we had like a grounded world and then they started singing about and then like Louisa starts singing her song about how she's carrying so much but then it just like it went from grounded world all the way to music video mm. where like i think the middle ground that i would like to see is something like the astro- the um observation uh the obser- the observatory scene in La La Land where like it starts out grounded and then it gets more abstract but it never goes like full music video like if you mm. just suspend your disbelief for a minute and pretend that things work differently in movies that still works where like in this one I don't know it, it really just felt like a music video because they're because like she's flying all over the place and she's trying to keep up with her sister because you know one of her sisters makes a giant tree in her music video mm-hmm. and like it's not bad they're visually fun segments and yes they are more abstract but like I kind of want I mean for me I would prefer something that is more that's like doing something 
interesting with a visual that you can imagine seeing in that world. And like seeing in terms of it's, you know, something surreal that you wouldn't actually see in that world, like the dancing pots. But like when, when a person in ancient Greece looks at those pots, right. And they've got, they've got a whole story written out on those pots in, in that person's head, they can see the story being acted out. And that's what's happening in Hercules. And like in this movie, yeah, when Louisa is singing her song, Mirabelle is thinking about all the things that Louisa is thinking about or is, is talking about. But like the part that kills it for me is, you know, flying around uh, rocks all over the place. Suddenly the world turns on its side and everything falls because that's, you know, a visually interesting thing to do. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's not, it ends up being silly to me rather than abstract in an interesting way. Mm. And at this point, I feel like that's just nitpicking. Like it doesn't actually matter that much. It's just that, you know, my perfect Disney musical would be less silly, but also not grounded like in Moana most of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. So more subtle, more subtle transition. Yeah, a little more subtle. I think Moana does it really well, actually, in one scene where she's on the boat and she like imagines being that boat being on the sea. Mm. That's oh, that's a good like example. The vision scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That that's a good example. And in yeah. this one too, um, I mean, visually for me, the best the best song is where Abuela is explaining, or I guess the voice of Pedro is explaining Abuela and Pedro's uh, past. Although that's that's really grounded. Like you can get more abstract than that, but that's just my favorite scene visually from the music scenes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um I I also liked I guess I liked the house a lot. I thought there were some cool like I guess cool aesthetic choices. Like I like the rooms a lot too, like how each character mm-hmm. had their own fancy room. There's a lot to play around with that. It it gave you the the feeling of like an adventure movie even though she never really left the house. That, makes that sense. was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool element. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a all right movie. I don't know. Definitely not like definitely not something I, I intend to watch again though. Like, um, so to bring this all the way back to the start, I think that of the animated movies I've seen this year, this one is probably the most likely to win the Oscar for best animated feature. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that's sad because it's rewarding a movie that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with this movie, but it's kind of just rewarding mediocrity. It's like animated features can be so much more mm-hmm. and this is not, it's this fine. It. There's nothing wrong with it, but like there's nothing that right with it either. Yeah. And I so, do. yeah, I do wish they, uh, they would try more, um, especially like, I, I, I wish there was more, I, I don't know. Do they ever say which country this is based in? This is, is this is supposed to be Colombia. I don't Columbia. know if it happened. In, I don't know if they said that in the movie. I kind of wish they embraced more like of the elements of the music in there too. And I I don't know much about Colombian music, but I feel like they could have dove more into making more more of an homage to Colombian music. I guess. I, I think there's they like, may like, have. There's the I have one... to check. Uh, I actually do have a Colombian friend who has opinions on this movie. Oh, okay. So I can I can check with That'd him. That'd be cool to find out. Yeah, but yeah, the, there's that one song you were you said that was in Spanish that 
was probably the most beautiful beautiful to me like aesthetically um and uh, i wish they committed more to that too so mm-hmm. yeah anyways um you want to slap a number on this bad boy so i mean again i guess this comes with the caveat i don't think this is a bad movie but i also just didn't like it that much so i'd say probably like either a three and a half or a four maybe a week four to use the terminology i've started using mm. I'd say probably like a 5.5, maybe a 6. Yeah. Slightly enjoyable. Like there's some cool cool visuals and stuff. And it is it is funny too. Um, I, I saw this in a theater full of children and like them and their parents were enjoying it. And that's yeah. great. I don't think there's that much there for for me an almost 30 year old man. But like, <laughs> you know, this is one of those, this is one of those movies where I kind of just have to lean back and say it is a kids movie. It's unfortunate because right before this movie, I literally the mo- like literally right before I watched this movie, I rewatched Paranorman mm. and that one has so much for kids and adults and everything. And then going into Encanto, it's not that it was disappointing, but like it's not as good as Paranorman. Mm, I mean, yeah. a few animated movies are, but like it's it's one of those where it's like, it's a kid's movie and it's fine. Yeah. Understandable. Well, uh, do we know what movie we're doing next? Is it? Oh, we don't know yet. Know yet. It, it might be Spider-Man. It might Ooh. be something else. We're not sure yet. We'll figure Are it we out. So yeah. what's the last word, Pierre? Um, Casa. <laughs> <laughs>